Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm Graham Richmond, and this is your Wiretaps for Monday, September 25th, 2023. I'm joined by Alex Brown from Cornwall, England. Alex, how are things going this week? Very good. Thank you, Graham. So I want to put you on the spot and ask you a question, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but you know, reviewing all these profiles that we do, as we do week in and week out, I you know, I know that candidates are nervous about the economy, et cetera. And so I wanted to ask you, do you think now is a good time or a bad time to apply to business school? <laughs> I would qualify it as a very good time. Yeah, I actually agree. I think um, on the one hand, you have, at least for the last couple of years, there's been sort of declining volume. So there might be, you know, your admissions odds are perhaps a touch higher. Um, and on the other hand, you know, you're not going to graduate until, in most cases, spring of, uh, what is it going to be, 25 or something, right? So that's a ways from now. Um, and I think, yeah, it's probably a great time to go to business school. So I just was curious if you agreed. It sounds like you, you do. Um, yeah. I do. I mean, I, I guess the, some of the backdrop to that would be, you know, what's happening to the second year students right? Um, from a recruiting standpoint, because there's definitely been some chatter about sort of how that's sort of evening out, um, given, given some, I guess, some of the companies, um, um, I'm not saying reneging on offers, but rolling back offers and, and, and stuff from, from the previous year. But <clears throat> nevertheless, in terms of admissions, um, I think it's a very good time. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing that's interesting is that with MBA admissions, I feel like candidates are often focused on like, what are the current second years doing when the reality is, is that you need kind of a crystal ball a little bit, because it's really a couple of years out that you should be thinking about what the job market will look like. So it's, it's challenging. Um, but anyway, I think, yeah, it's a great time to apply. Uh, speaking of that, we're going to be sitting down this Wednesday for our final Essay Insights event. It's been a series of, there have been three events. Well, this will be the third. So I'm going to sit down and talk with admissions representatives from Wharton, Yale SOM, UVA Darden, and Michigan Ross. Uh, you can still sign up. There's still some room left. So you can go to bit.ly forward slash CA fall essays, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, those events have been going really well as always, and they're great. Um, I just, I'm always, I always kind of marvel at some of the tidbits that these admissions officers give out. So that really, I think are helpful as you're applying to these programs. So if you're targeting any of the schools I just mentioned, definitely tune in and join us this Wednesday at noon Eastern. It'll be about an hour. And then the schools actually bounce off into individual Zoom breakout rooms where you can ask them questions at the end of the hour. So uh, join us for that. Um, Alex, I wanted to ask you about something else. Uh, I, I know that you you know you were um, featured in the little article that we did about this, but Business Week or Bloomberg Business Week released their MBA rankings uh, last week, and you know I was just kind of curious if you wanted to weigh in. I, I can run down the numbers really quickly here. Um, you know they rank U.S. schools and international schools separately, so we'll start with kind of the big U.S. programs, um, and I'll just give you the top ten, and I'd just love to have your thoughts. Uh, number one was Stanford. Number two was Chicago Booth. There was a tie for third place with uh, Tuck and Darden. Fifth place belongs to Columbia. Uh, at sixth, we've got Harvard Business School, then Kellogg, Wharton, Michigan, and MIT Sloan rounding out the top 10. So there was some movement amongst that group between this year and last year. Um, but yeah, what do you make of this ranking? Yeah, I mean, they got the right schools, um, not just in the top 10, but I actually looked further in, into that sort of top 25 bucket. Mm -hmm. They 
I think they got the top 25 programs uh, reason, reasonably captured in that top 25. I just think the order in, in, in some of these rankings is, is a little bizarre. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's quite clear Stanford, Harvard and, and Wharton are the top three. And, and we talk about these tiers um, and quite a lot in, in, on this show and how we think about rankings. And, and certainly this, this ranking does not follow um, the sort of tiers that we've sort of understood o- over the years. Um, so, so, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, I think these rankings are really useful for, for, for candidates when they first start thinking about the types of programs they're going to apply. Um, but I do think candidates have access to so much information now probably a bit of information overload quite honestly but they <laughs> they they ultimately end up making great choices um, for the schools that they're targeting and don't simply rely on one ranking um, which could could be a little bit misleading i think yeah and i would also just say that you know we're not defending some kind of old guard of like oh this is the way the ranking should be and they never should change in terms of the order of schools but what we're saying when you talk about tiers and things we're basing that on years and years of data most of it quite recent in terms of how candidates behave when they're offered right. you know at school A and school B so that's all we're saying um, but I think you know one thing that's great is that I would argue that if you look at the top 25 schools in Business Week or US News or if you strip out the US schools from the FT ranking or something you'll see a lot of the same names over and over again. And that's really the value of the rankings, I think, is just to make sure that um, you're looking at schools that are, you know, really well respected, et cetera. And and after that, you know, it gets into your personal preferences, your goals, where you want to be, geographically, all that stuff. So um, I did want to mention they did the European schools and I'm, you know, living in Paris, I'm just kind of always keeping an eye on these too. Um, And so for the European schools, the top 10 were uh, Bocconi at number one in Milan. Uh, Number two is Iese. Number three, IMD, followed by INSEAD, London Business School, IE Business School, Mannheim in Germany, St. Gallen in Switzerland, Cambridge Judge, and then Oxford rounding out the top 10. And, you know, my view on this is that I think they have most of the right schools. Um, I think, again, one could argue uh, with like the ordering of them. And I I will say I was kind of wondering where Achasse Paris is because they're not on the list which struck me as kind of odd. So in any event, it's just interesting to see. Uh, and I, I will, I mean, I want to give Business Week a little bit of kudos. At least they're doing kind of the European schools. And I, I like the fact that they're not mixing them all together. I think that's one of the things that always struck me as odd about the FT. I think you just have to go by region when you're ranking these programs because it's it, it's really, you know, for one person, you know, a, a school in Europe is going to mean one thing. And for another, it could mean something totally different depending on where they want to work afterwards. So Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on um, from that. I did want to mention we had a couple of things on the website. We did an admissions tip. You, you've not, you've not, you not asked what's going on on the wires, Greg. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So wait, give me, give me the, <laughs> give me the deadlines. What, again, what's, what's been happening? Cause I, I know that you're going to talk about something. I did see something happen over the last week uh, that pertains to a school that gets interview invitations out relatively early every year. So talk about, <laughs> talk yeah. about that. Yeah, so 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 Yale, yeah. um, as as they have done season after season, um, recently anyway, um, their their application deadline was September twelfth. They're already rolling out interview invites, and what it appears that they do is they take an initial look 
Um, however, they do that and, and get out interview invites quickly to perhaps what they consider based off of the, the sort of metrics and, you know, average test scores and various other things. Um, some quick invites um, and get those out there before then one would presume they do a deeper dive in the review process to then roll out other interview invites um, and so forth. But yeah, we're starting to see Yale's interview invites. Obviously Kellogg too, um, on, on, on Livewire, seeing interview invites from Kellogg because Kellogg effectively invites all the candidates that they can. They like to interview everybody. They certainly interview everyone that ultimately gets mm -hmm. um, an admissions offer. Um, for Kellogg, candidates really need that interview invite. If they get an interview waiver, that's not a good thing. Um, but we're starting to, obviously, when, you know, because basically Kellogg is inviting, effectively trying to invite everybody, that as soon as they apply, they should start seeing activity about that interview invite. Um, we've also got deadlines upcoming this week, Graham, um, with Tuck. Sloan is the last of the M7 to have its round one deadline. That's coming up this week. So, um, side, side, Oxford side has its um, stage one deadline, and mm -hmm. Fuqua has its round one deadline. It already has had an early action deadline. But yeah, um, activity is picking up. Yeah, definitely. So thanks for catching me on that, because I know our listeners like to hear the <laughs> the updates on what, what they need to do this week. So that's useful. Um, we did do an admissions tip speaking about you know applications and getting them in on time. We did an, a, a tip about how you should talk about the school you're applying to in your essays. And it's called Avoid the Comparison Trap. And it's all about this. Sometimes people have a desire to actually talk about um, other schools they're applying to and sort of contrast and sort of explaining to the school they're applying to why they're better than school X or whatever. And um, and so you, you'll see there's a lot of really deep dive advice in this piece um, about, you know, how to talk about the school and, and, and how to avoid picking just the few things that the school kind of shouts from the rooftops on their website over and over again and to go deeper than the surface level marketing stuff uh, when you're pitching your interest in a school. The other thing that's really cool, Alex, is that that admissions tip I was reading it, and underneath it, it's got the relevant videos from the Admissions Academy that we recorded that relate to this type of stuff in terms of you know making sure your essays are really perfect. So um, that's all linked in. Uh, I think it was Vic and Lauren on our team kind of figured out which admissions tips meshed best with which um, you know videos in our in our series, and um, I think that was your idea too to get get us on that. So everything's kind of connected now, which is really cool. That's very good. Yeah. So uh, the other thing we did is we connected with uh, Brent Nagamini, who is the admissions director at Washington Foster. Uh, we did an admissions director Q&A with him, and he gave um, some great essay advice. I mean, obviously, it's very specific to Foster, but here's what he said, because if you're looking at this school, you need to, to hear this. Um, he said, essays that stand out are well-researched, demonstrate an understanding of the program, its opportunities, and how the applicant authentically sees themselves achieving their goals and contributing to the community at Foster. A common mistake might be when an essay response could apply to any MBA program. We encourage you to tell your story while connecting the dots as to why Foster. Before you sit down to write your essays, I encourage you to engage with our community, connect with current students, staff, and alumni, so that when you do write your admissions essays, you can authentically tell us 
how you see yourself thriving in the Foster MBA program. So I, I actually think that's good advice for any, I mean, obviously don't write about Foster when you're applying to Cornell or something, but you know, the, 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 the general rule I think is a really good one in terms of making sure you're authentic, but also you know, that you've done your research and that it shows. Yeah, very, very important advice. I think we cover that pretty well in the admissions academy. Yeah, totally. So if you're watching those videos, you know. And then the last tidbit of news before we talk about the three candidates that you've selected for this week is that NYU Stern launched a one-year uh, full-time MBA program in person um, in Abu Dhabi on a campus there um, that they've set up. It's going to take in its first class in January of 25. So it's going to be a January start and it'll run a year. Um, it's from the website or the article that we ran, there's a quote. It says, it's designed for early career professionals interested in building a career in the Middle East and North Africa. Um, and, you know, it says that... Um, uh, there was something else about it. Oh yeah, I, I know. I wanted to just ask you. You know, I, I was like, "Wow, this is interesting." It's kind of a a shorter, um, you know, program. They're going to a new market, so they're bringing their MBA program to a different part of the world. Um, and it's you know, it's in person, so this isn't like an online offering. And I kind of wondered what you thought of that. I mean, it just you know, right now for for the time being, like we haven't seen MBA programs. Like Harvard hasn't set up shop in ten places around the world to offer their MBA. Um, but we see it a little bit. You know, INSEAD has a few campuses. I think LBS has some offerings in the Middle East, now Stern. Uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, in terms of ge geographic reach, like how do you approach these different markets and so on and so forth? The standard would be to presume that folks in these regions come to your US-based um, program to then learn about how to be um, really successful in their home markets, which if, if that's where they want to be in the long run. Mm -hmm. um, so for the folks that know that they want to work in that region um, for, for the long run, um, a program like this might actually be really, really um, 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 strong for them. Yeah. Um, so so, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how, how it goes. I mean, you know, we teach this in business, right? It's like, we've got to be agile. We've got to understand our marketplaces and we've got to, um, you know, tailor, tailor our offerings to, you know, where the demand is. Um, and if they've seen a particular type of demand, um, in this region and, um, it makes perfect sense, then, um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Like you say, INSEAD, they have a campus in, in that region. Mm -hmm. um, and some other programs are doing stuff quite like this. But yeah, I yeah. think it's quite interesting. Stern also has these one-year tech program, maybe a fashion program. Yep. I mean, I'm yeah, fashion. starting to think. Yeah. So it's almost similar, right? Rather mm -hmm. than focusing on a particular sector, um, they're focusing on a geographic region. Yeah. So the model is there for Stern. Right. It's quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very innovative. I mean, our, you know, we're in a pretty interesting time, I think, in management education. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, so congrats to them for getting that off the ground. We'll see how it how it goes. And again, I think you won't be able to apply until, well, the first class won't start until January 25. So I'm guessing they'll be taking applications later this year or early next or something. So uh, I'll, I'll yeah. follow one quick question, though, Graham. Do you think it increases the demand for Stern's traditional two-year program in New York City or has a negative effect on the demand for that program? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because if you're living in the Middle East, you'd say, wow, I can just go locally one year. It's still NYU Stern. Um, yeah. But I would argue that 
I personally think there is such a draw to go to New York and to have an American experience while learning about, you know, business and things that I, I don't think it's, I think it's two different things. Um, and I think that yeah. this may appeal to people who were never going to leave in the first place and who are maybe sponsored or, you know, so I, yeah, I, I think it, it'll be okay for them. And I think if anything, it might build their brand, you know, to just help people yeah. be more Which aware. Could, could increase yeah. the interest in some folks going to New York City. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it. Um, if you want to reach out to Alex or me, you can write to us at info at clearadmit.com. Use the subject line wiretaps and we'll write you back. Uh, I think that's it, Alex. Should we get into this uh, week's candidates for review? Let's kick off. Yeah. All right. So this is wiretaps candidate number one. Our first applicant this week wants to start business school in the fall of 24. So they're applying right now and they've got Dartmouth, Duke, the Indian School of Business, Oxford, Wharton, and UVA on their target list. They've been working in not in a nonprofit for the time being, and they want to get into consulting, or though they're also mentioned possibly kind of continuing in this kind of nonprofit um, social impact type work. They do mention that they're primarily interested in companies like BCG, Deloitte, and PwC um, on the consulting side, and I'm guessing that they'd love to do you know kind of SI or, or CSR type work for one of those firms at, at the outset. Uh, their GRE score is a 325. Their GPA is a 3.28. This person's got four years of work experience. And she writes, and I know that this is a woman she mentioned later in her comments, so, so female candidate, um, and I believe based in India. And she writes, I wanted to know about safety schools that I could apply to. My GPA and GRE lie within the middle 80th percentile for the schools I'm considering. Yet, as they're all top programs, I would also like some info on potential safety schools. So Alex, let's start with just what do you think of this candidacy? And I will add, I mean, she shared some additional data points. So for instance, she mentioned she's really into um, uh, classical dance in India and has been doing that for like 15 years. Um, studied economics as an undergrad uh, the GPA obviously a little bit lower, um, and it's it's actually a, a kind of a downward trend GPA she shared with us due to some um, health issues in the family. She had to care for her grandmother who um, had dementia as she entered into the final couple years of her studies. So that's kind of the background. But so I guess I just want to understand from you what do you make of this candidacy? Overrepresented, underrepresented, and then also what about her question about safety schools? Yeah, I mean. This candidate looks like they potentially could be quite a strong candidate. Um, and, you know, depend, it really depends. We know that she works in nonprofit and so on and so forth. But what is her impact? What is her growth? Like, that's really, really important. So it's not just a question of I've worked in this sector um, and so forth. But we really need to know a little bit more about that sort of growth and impact. Um, and that commitment to, to classical dance, I think that that says a lot about someone that's had a long term commitment um, to something and they can continue that, that that can play quite well, I think, in admissions. Um, the GRE 325, that's fine. It's, you know, around the median of, of most of the top schools, even if it might be a point below, it's a little bit further below Yale. <laughs> um, the GPA is obviously a little bit of an issue at 3.28. They have some mitigating circumstance um, with, with their family health issues. So they definitely need to address that in their optional essay. 
Um, but one thing that sort of struck me about this, this candidate and this profile is they're very focused on their numbers and then trying to identify safety schools just based off of those numbers. And while I recognise that numbers are easy then to sort of compare and contrast with, MBA admissions is much more than simply the numbers, right? So there are going to be people that get into, let's say, Harvard um, with, with numbers that are going to be lower than this. Um, they're going to have mitigating circumstance. They're going to have really strong sort of professional profile showing that impact and growth and various other things that really allow their profile to stand out as well as showing that their numbers won't harm them in the rigorous academic pro side of the program, mm -hmm. right? So my, my point being, I, I, sometimes we see candidates are so focused on their numbers to target what schools to apply that I think they can sometimes miss out on opportunities um, and so forth. So um, I, I would say um, that, that this candidate potentially could be um, really strong, Graham. They're going to have to mitigate that GPA up front in the optional essay. Um, and, and yeah, I, 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 I think... Um, a lot of it really will depend on what is this nonprofit work, what is their impact, what is their growth. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, I mean, again, definitely an optional essay to explain the GPA, which, yeah. I mean, it's 328. It's not like it's, not like it's a 2.9 or something. So I, I think they seem to have a reasonable explanation. They did pursue a rigorous undergraduate degree in terms of being an econ and from a top school in India. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I mean, it's not all about the numbers, and I, I think it's going to come down to how well um, she articulates, you know, what she's done um, in her work to date and, you know, just sort of the passion she has in terms of those accomplishments and, and progress. Uh, I, you know, there's a range. I pointed out to her, I think there's already a range of schools on the list. The only thing I would say is that I feel like the schools that might be slightly easier to get into on her list, um, like, you know, let's say Oxford or something or even the ISB, they're really different than the offerings she's, you know, seems to be principally focused on in the States. And so I, I, I understand her desire to maybe add some schools, um, U.S. schools. And, you know, I, I, rec I recommended a few um, to her because we had some back and forth on the website uh, where, where she left her apply wire post. And she mentioned of the ones I'd kind of pointed out that she thought maybe Tepper could be an option um, for her. She definitely wants a STEM program so that she can stay in the U.S. for a few years and work, um, which is why I'm kind of wondering about the European schools or the, sorry, the European and, and then the Indian schools she's targeting. If she really wants to be in the States, she should apply to schools in the States and, and cast a net right. accordingly. So in any event, um, she also mentioned Kelly uh, at Indiana, which would be a great option. Very good MBA program, as you and I know, has been very consistently kind of top 25 school for decades. Um, and, you know, so that's another option too. Uh, I think she'll be fine. I think she just needs to, you know, make sure the apps are, are solid and, and, you know, again, explain the GPA in the optional essay. And yeah, I, I feel like she's not going to be super overrepresented. I mean, I think, you know, she's female, which, which helps, even though she's from India, which is a, a big market. Yeah. What about, should she apply to Yale, Graham? Yeah, I mentioned Yale, just given her goals and stuff. And she sort of pushed back and said, oh, but their numbers are even higher. And I, my view is, like you were saying, it's not all about the numbers. And I think her numbers... Right. 
um, I don't think they disqualify her. And so, you know, I mean, obviously no one's numbers ever truly disqualify them. I mean, I guess, well, if you have like a, a 200 on the GMAT and a, and a 1.7 GPA, maybe you probably yeah, don't want to, I mean, but, yeah. but yeah, no, yeah. she should probably give it a shot. I mean, it's probably a, a really good program for her. And it sounded like the only reason she wasn't applying was because she was scared away by the numbers. Yeah. I mean, I think she should apply. And then if she doesn't get admitted, at least she knows right, yeah, yeah. that Yale was beyond her reach. Um, at the end of the day, if she gets admitted to a bunch of schools but would have preferred Yale and didn't apply to Yale, then yeah. <laughs> it, she'll always wonder. Yeah, agreed. Right? So, all right, well, I want to wish her the best of luck um, and thank her for, it was great because, you know, I, I asked her a couple of questions. She was really prompt about providing some additional detail to help us, you know, offer better advice. So um, best of luck to her as she applies. We'll see how it turns out. She can keep us posted by dropping us an email or or adding to her apply wire entry as we go. Um, let's move on though and talk about wiretaps candidate number two. So our second candidate this week is also wanting to start school in the fall of 24, actively working on those applications. I think has actually submitted most of these. Um, they've applied to Harvard, Stanford, Chicago Booth, and Wharton. Uh, this is a Marine Corps member uh, who wants to pivot, uh, it's a pretty big pivot, into investment banking or private equity. They have a GRE score of 336 and their GPA is 3.91. They did attend a, uh, I believe they attended one of the service academies. Yeah, they were a math major at a service academy uh, and they you know, have four and a half years uh, of, of service so far. They're located in San Diego and they mentioned they worked with Service to School, which is an organization we know that helps military folks to just learn more about um, the MBA and, and to get in touch with current students. And they've also connected with the vets clubs at all the schools they're targeting. So. Alex, <laughs> why'd you pick this person? I mean, the, the numbers are kind of off the charts, right? Every, everything seems to line up and we don't know much about outside activities, but for military folks, that's a little challenging anyway. So yeah. what, what do you make of this candidate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously this, this is a super geek type candidate, right? 3.91 GPA, math major, the 336 GRE, mm -hmm. um, absolutely fantastic. So yeah, this person, no problem on the numbers. They're side. Marine, they're, they're Marine Corps, Alex. So I'm just going to, I want to be on the record. You're the one that called yeah. them a geek. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I could get into trouble. Um, but, but we don't really know what, what they did as a Marine, right? That's but true. let's assume that it's relative to their overall profile and they have a really good sort of um, experience as, as, as a Marine and that checks the box and, 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 and showcases them very well. I like the idea that they want to go into investment banking. We typically see um, the, 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 the typical career path for those coming out of the, the military is consulting and then maybe an operations leadership role. Um, I mean, that's stereotyping a little bit, but consulting is definitely the preferred path for most. Um, but again, this is a math geek, right? So I like the fact that they're going into investment banking. Um, they're going on, on the finance side, potentially over to private equity. I would, I would argue that in their applications, they should highlight investment banking as the stepping stone to potentially private equity rather than trying to um, enter into private equity um, straight away, which as we know is profoundly difficult. Um, but, but I would assume, Graham, that if their Marine um, Corps experience um, is, is relative to everything else that they, they present, 
um, that this is a super strong candidate. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think uh, I would ordinarily say, yeah, investment banking and or private equity are, are not as common, like you said, but math major, right? So I, I can see yeah. it. I think the banks won't have any problem. I, yeah, it would be really good to know more about what this person's done in those four and a half years in, in the service. But again, I, I have to believe that it's probably been pretty good. I mean, just based on everything else we have here. So assuming that's yeah. the case, yeah, and I mean, yeah, it should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, very, very good. Strong candidate. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I picked this person so we can shorten the show a little bit. Right? <laughs> All right. Then I won't say anything else. I want to thank them for their service and for posting on the site. Uh, yeah. Best of luck. Hopefully they get start to get interview invitations and everything. So we, we shall see. Um, but yeah, very strong candidacy. Let's move on and talk about Wireca- Wiretap's candidate number three. So our third candidate this week also applying as we speak to join a class in the fall of 24. They have Columbia, Dartmouth, Kellogg, NYU Stern, Chicago Booth, and Yale on their target list. This person's been doing analytics consulting and they want to get into tech after business school. Companies on their wish list are Apple, Facebook, Google, and Microsoft. Uh, Their GRE score is a 329, and they have a 3.7 GPA. So again, terrific numbers. Five years of work experience to date. Um, And they mentioned in their notes, they say they're really hoping to get into Tuck or Yale. So I'm guessing that they're looking for kind of a smaller, uh, close-knit program. Um, They also shared some pretty interesting stuff about outside activities. They said that um, outside of work, they do a lot of work with policy advocacy for digital freedoms in their home country. Um, And they meet directly with congressional staffers as part of a council, uh, working with an organization um, that focuses on online safety for children in the U.S. So this person, by the way, has dual citizenship. So they have a U.S. citizenship and they did their studies presumably in the States, but they also have heritage or and another nationality in the Middle East. And they mentioned that, you know, they really, um, they're, they're passionate about kind of, you know, bringing sort of digital freedom to those markets. Uh, and they said that it kind of relates to their job because they do some work in digital trust and safety um, in any event. So that, that's kind of their background. I'm going to stop there because you had some really interesting dialogue with this candidate, um, Alex. So, yeah, what do you make of their chances given these schools and, yeah, just, you know, they're kind of pitch overall. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, again, numbers are very strong. Uh, GRE is over the median at 329. I mean, yeah, that might be not quite over Yale's median, but um, for most top schools, strong GPA, um, five years of experience. And I really love their experience. I'm biased, so I'll say that um, from the outset. But this whole... Um, area of sort of trust, digital trust um, that they're working in and doing um, um, sort of um, outside of work activity and trying to, um, you know, make, make I, I get, yeah, trying to do lots of interesting things, I think, in, in, mm-hmm. in that regard is super sort of topical at the moment um, and, and re- should resonate, I think, with Adcom and so forth. Um, the, you know, and you know, Graham, I'm, I'm working on this disinformation essay that's now 18,000 words long. It's getting <laughs> quite ridiculous. But, you know, even in the UK, we just introduced the UK Online Safety Bill yeah. um, last week um, after months and months and months of trying to sort out what's a reasonable... Um, approach. So that's the sort of work this person is doing. And I think it's the sort of work that's um, highly topical, highly necessary. Um, So I'm hoping that they can show through their 
um, through 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 their assays and so forth, the impact that they've had in this area, um, back in their home country with their lobbying outside of work as well as um, their, their direct work experience. Um, and then they can really tie it to strong um, goals in this area because I think digital trust um, will be an important sort of field um, as, as we move forward. Um, so, so yeah, I think there's a lot to like about this candidate, Graham. Yeah, and I would just underline the fact that, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, all business schools are, you know, they're in favor of, you know, kind of, um, uh, how do I put this? I mean, I'm just thinking about how most admissions readers like to hear stories of candidates who are advocating for democratic, yeah. um, you know, open markets, free markets, people being able to, you know, create and, and innovate and all that stuff, right? So you won't find, um, you know, so I think, I think you won't find anyone who's not sympathetic to this kind of cause here. And I, I think it's a great one, right? So I agree with you. They have a lot to share um, and a lot to bring into an MBA program. And hopefully this is the kind of alum that if, you know, as you're reading this, when you're an admissions reader, you're thinking, wow, this is someone who could come into our program, 329 GRE, three, seven. So they tick the boxes numbers wise. Um, so they'll probably excel academically, but then 20 years from now, they might be doing big time things in their home country. You know, imagine that there are, you know, changes to the government or wherever, you know, whatever is happening, they might be at the forefront of that in terms of bringing greater freedom. So I, yeah, it's definitely, this would be up in admissions readers alley, I think. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, so I want to thank that person for their post, Alex. You picked the last two were pretty straightforward. I mean, I you know obviously yes. they, they got to get their <laughs> they got to get their stuff together and and you know make sure they're telling their story. But I think you know obviously hopefully they'll do well. Um, I do want to thank them for their so post. I, I, <laughs> I back one question to you just because we shortened it up a little bit. Yeah. They really want to get into Tuck and Yale, Graham. Mm -hmm. And what, what do you think of that? No, I just, I think that they clearly, there's something about those two communities that's resonating with them. I think with Yale, obviously, um, there's a lot of great opportunities to do um, additional studies within the university that could relate to policy and, and things like that. Um, it sounds like, yeah, maybe they're just drawn to these kind of close-knit, smaller programs. And, you know, hopefully they, you know, get into all of these and have some nice, hard decisions to yeah. make. We, we shall see. Yeah, I only asked because as you pointed out um, before we came on the show, other schools that they're targeting are, are in the tier above. Um, so, so it's quite interesting that Tuck and Yale, for, for this particular person, their goals and, and what they're interested in, Tuck and Yale are the standout program. Yeah, and that's why, you know, it goes back to what we said at the mm. top of the show about rankings. You know, yeah. there are these 25 schools, they're all pretty great, and, you know, you can kind of move within, <laughs> within these groups um, and find what's the right fit for you. So in any event, um, thanks for picking these out, Alex, and we'll do it all again next week. Very good. Stay safe, everyone. Take care.